Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurb. That's a um, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. It's an all-new episode of Minority Corner, and she's back! It's Aneke Fitzclark, queen of Minority Corner. She helped start it all, and she is here. And we're going to talk about just when we thought there were no more cult documentaries. We found them in Lula Rich and The Way Down. Ruby Rose says why she left Batwoman, and the tea is so good. So good that it might even make Aneke reconsider her thoughts on Ruby Rose. And Colin Powell, unfortunately, passed away, and Fox News is taking advantage of this and trying to prove that vaccines don't work. That's so fucked up, and we get into it. Then it is a choose-your-own-adventure with Aneke. She can either decide whether my main corner will either be about the history of Seneca Village, the black community that used to be living where Central Park now is, or... I hosted the Marvel Studios Eternals red carpet, and we'll find out if Aneke wants to hear all the tea and all the behind-the-scenes information, gossip, and experience about what it was like to host that carpet for Marvel being on stage one, what that was like. But it's Aneke's choice, which version that she wants us to go down. And then Aneke is bringing us the history, and right in line as we just are wrapped our Latinx Hispanic Heritage Month, Aneke is bringing us a massacre in Mexico that happened in 1968 right around the Olympics that you probably didn't hear about. It is the Tlatelolco massacre. So sorry. We don't pronounce this correctly, and you love us anyways, but it is the Tlatelolco massacre in Mexico. Trying our best here. Anyways, a eye-opening story that Aneke is going to walk us through, this history that we don't know, and why did we not probably hear about this? All this and so much more on a brand new episode of Minority Corner happening right now. It's time to learn, laugh, and play. She's got the mm. books. She's uh -huh. got the looks. Aneke. It's kind of like an 80s. Yeah. It's like, like an 88 to like 92 working woman she's doing it type of thing mm. you know like i'm strutting down the street doing it doing, it, doing it well people i'm giving people high fives i'm picking up an apple <laughs> off a cart i'm taking a bite remember those days when you could high five people oh, that's well, no. gone get your hands away from me i don't know if you've sanitized i get to this but at the like when i was working we'll get to this okay. later but when i was in L when i was in la just so many of the crew and production people like i guess we've gone back to shaking oh. hands like everybody's totally fine with it but i will look at someone's hand and like and they're, they're like eh. no and i mean just like, you know oh, why james i'm hesitant is because when covid first started and people were like remember you got to wash your hands after you use the bathroom and everybody was like but what and i was like how many of you nasty people are not <laughs> washing not. your hands girl 
Girl, I have seen a guy or two at the gym, and I go to the gym in the Castro. The gay men are just, they're men. They nasty too. <laughs> I have seen a, a men or two go okay. pee and just go back to, to the work gym. Out with sweat and grab things. <laughs> Uh -uh. Yes, you're grabbing things that were then going to go and grab. It's so grab bag nasty. And now you're going to go touch that bar <laughs> and lift the weights with it. Like, come on. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. Okay, we got to get into the good good. So let's do it. We're glad that you're here and back. So there were Happy two documentaries that happened that were had. I mean, Mm -hmm. Y'all know I've been had us in a chokehold, man. Well, and you all know that I love me's a cult show, a cult documentary, do. and I've as been... do I. That's why we're friends. <laughs> That's the only reason why I've been jonesing <laughs> for a cult. I feel like they've done them all. I'm like, there's no more cults to do. And then Shawam, a friend of mine, was talking to me about. She was like, you got to watch this Lula Rich. I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But then everybody kept talking about this Lula Rich situation. Mm -hmm. And it is ba wild. So it's about ba wild. Walk us through what's like the premise of the what's Lula Rich? Why ladies be selling <laughs> leggings in a pyramid scheme? <laughs> I could not have summed it up better than myself. It's one of the things that I love about the Lula Rich documentary because some doc, some of these cults, I would say, you and I. We can let's check the data, Aneke. Okay, because let's check the data. Let's check the data. Open it up. As Brene Brown always says, let's check the data. And you know I love data. And we've watched all of the cult documentaries. We have turned yes. every stone. And yes. I um with You're this, connected to all of them, strangely. There I I know. <laughs> and with that, there's all it's usually a bunch of white people. And it's one of those yes. things too. I think that's why I feel safe watching it because I'm just like, oh, those white people always get themselves into shenanigans. You know, take us out of the we don't have to feel any weirdness, except for Jim Jones. Oh, yes. He got us black people. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, because the Bay Area, he had us. And again, I've said this before, but I do think that I was a part of the Jim Jones uh cult. That was the one that with the Jamestown. That was the Jamestown one, right? I've had a reoccurring I've had uh where they, yes. they drink the Kool-Aid. I've yes. had a dream before or a dream or visions of being like one of the last bodies there. Whoa, um, like you think you probably live that life and, and then that's you why I'm woke obsessed up in with cults. Whatever. Because that was in the 70s. I had a quick turnaround. Oh. I was like, oop, got to try this again. But this time, not like, doing a cult, <laughs> which is why I am obsessed with like watching the cult talk. So I'm like, that's why it's because so reminding me. To, yes, you're figuring out why you did it. Yeah. Why you drank that Kool-Aid. <laughs> so, yes. Um. Oh, but when you look at the data, it's mostly usually white people. But with the Lula, and what, but they don't ever acknowledge it. But what I love about Lula Rich, they're yeah. often we're talking about like, yeah, it was just a bunch of white ladies. Like there's that one black woman yeah. who was selling, and yes. she was like, and she was a top seller. And they're like, come on, girl, mm -hmm. come on to the cruise. And she was like, I mm -hmm. do not want to be stuck on a boat with a bunch of these white nope. ladies. Selling these She's leggings. like, me and these braces are going to stay on mainland. <laughs> I loved her so much. But it's interesting, Same. too, what, what I also love. I also love a, a documentary. What do you think about this? When the okay. people that, because both, like, the like uh, well, I forget her name. The woman who ran, run it, ran it. Her name is not Lula. Lula. That Lula is not Mom. her name. Lula Mom. Lula, what I remember, Lula was the name of just two of their grandchildren because they were Mormon. Yeah. They had a lot of grandchildren. They and then they were like marrying each other. Oh, I know. I think I texted you 10 minutes in. I was like, Aneke, this is wild. And 10 minutes in, and they have like yep. all these kids and some of the kids, they had kids from different marriages. 
I, not blood related. But they still married each other, and they're just like, well, if it just happened, I was like, this is some See, crazy. Not that's not right. <laughs> if you are spending time as a sibling in the freaking house, don't you dare be looking at each other with eyeballs. It's, I don't. I don't care. I don't like it. It's I don't disgusting. like it. And that, like you said, first ten minutes, I was like, I'm gonna like this documentary. <laughs> and what I first love. 10 minutes. So she and her husband. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have to put this in the fact check. She and her husband. Or, those guys <laughs> they are so what i love is that they're in the documentary being interviewed i have a question oh, yeah. i always it's so interesting is it hubris when they participate in this or is it i'm so curious because i i love it when they are in it because it does it makes the documentary yes. much more well-rounded when you can get them because sometimes it is and then it kind of it's sort of weird because then we watch a documentary, they're like, we tried to ask, you know, Jamie Lynn Spears to participate. And yeah. he said no. And there's like, not Jamie Lynn Spears. Right? I mean, you know what it is. What? I don't think it. I think it's like them literally thinking that they can speak for themselves. And that they're they like, did nothing wrong. I, yeah. They're like, I'm going to prove my case. I'm going to say everything that needs to be said. And you'll hear it from me. And then I think it takes a certain level of ego, too. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like hubris. He, there has to be yeah, hubris involved then, too. For you 100%. to, yeah, but it's weird because it's like it's a double edged sword because I like it when they participate, right? Um. So, anyways, I thought that was really interesting. Love I it. Love it when they participate. Yeah. I also do feel like, oh, I think that they participated too because it's still a business. Mm-hmm. It's still Ruler going. Still a business. In it's fact, still going. There's maybe a listener or two that is maybe, maybe you still, uh, are you a LuLaRue? I hope we're not offending you. You could be out. Are we, are if we, you, are if we, you're <laughs> offended, why are you listening to this podcast? Do you we, should know by now. Do we get labeled a suppressive person? Do they have that involved in, in LuLaRue? I'd be suppressive. I'm fine. I don't need to be going to see Mario Lopez <laughs> tell me about leggings and how to sell them. That's what I love. I'm like, ooh, Mario Lopez. They like were able to hire Mario Lopez at one of these like events or whatnot. Uh, it's just it it's just such a ra- it was such a racket and then when it seems just get yeah. so so big now that one's fun shits and giggles mm-hmm. no one gets hurt really no I mean well, financially get financially really hurt. hurt yeah and there yeah. is like an exit plan like there's like you know Facebook groups devoted to people getting yes. out of it like it really is yes. I mean in that case I had a pyramid scheme but it also has this sort of cult like mentality um yeah to it where you looking a certain way talking a certain way selling to certain people blah mm-hmm. blah blah and there's That's also cool. a certain like methodology and way of thinking that you have to buy yes. into um Mormon. and well yeah that is there <laughs> then on the flip side we went to a different one and Eki's like "Ooh, the way down the way down Ooh, what is- i don't know if i i don't <laughs> that one got dark way too fast like that one you go in for a romp and then halfway through, you're like, this is the darkest thing I've seen in a while. Yeah, no, 100%. What is the name of the um, – so the name <laughs> of the organization that it, – it started off as Way yeah. Down Workshops, which was a Christian-based right. diet program, uh, which is similar to – Which is shady to start off with. Well, I mean, why? Why is that shady? Jesus should love you the way you are. <laughs> but for some people, like, they, they want to feel better about themselves. And I think, like, okay. I mean, there's weight loss programs outside of the church. So those not exist. You can't love, you can't believe in Jesus and also lose weight at the same time. I just feel like you pinning it on Jesus 
He don't he he don't care about your corporal body. He cares about your soul. I don't think it, as someone who grew up in the church, I think that there are different groups and organizations that exist in there. It's a community of people. You. It's not like they're saying, okay, all right, because you're jumping. I didn't grow up in the church. But you're jumping ahead to where this became, where it went okay, to. Okay, sorry. Because then it was like, you know, your sin is in your body because you're so big. Like, th- there's see? that. But that's not what, like, I've seen other, I could see it, like, on just a base level where it's like a book club where it's just like, oh, we like music. Yeah. It's just a group inside of the church. Oh, okay. And that's how yeah. it started. It's the way that it should have been is just not, mm-hmm. not like an either or. It's like, oh, if you want to lose weight, we have this, we're going to help you through through the church. Sure. Like, that's yeah, How it's like it you meet through the church, and then it's an extra group. Yes, I get that. Absolutely. But her books were about Jesus helping you lose weight. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, there is like certain like I think for some people like who who turn to religion for help. Like again, like I can see the mm-hmm. understanding of where it comes from. The challenge, like, well, the when it gets dangerous is when it's saying mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to do this in order to be loved by Jesus. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's like, when things but get I, dark. I don't think that there's anything wrong with someone who turns to like their religion or their higher power to like heal themselves or to, 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 to right. go through. Like my sister, like my stepsister, mm-hmm. she used to have asthma. She prayed about it. And for her, mm-hmm. she's like, Jesus helped me heal my asthma like that's what she leaned on him for mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, her experience mm-hmm. that is her journey and i i think for some people like i see on the base level why mm-hmm. people would go down this pathway of course the way down in four simple parts gets to a much <sighs> darker <laughs> scary weirdo so many twists and turns so the most twists and turns i've seen for a while, right? Yes, and the woman, what I love too is the progression of Gwendolyn who started it, how her hair gets bigger. I mean, you just see the, you see her losing grip of reality by how far off that hair is from her head. That is interesting, yeah, that is interesting. And I don't wanna give this away, but the way Mm. it, it ends in a very abrupt and a way that I did not think it was going to end. Is it over? I um I think what else are they gonna do with Neke? I'm not giving anything away. No, no, no. I'm not giving anything away. But <laughs> no. it ends. No. Is that's what I'm gonna no, say? No, not like that. Not like that. The story is it yes. Done. No more. It's not. It's not a Lula Rich where it's still, it's going, still on. Little but, going on. Well, it actually I mean, kind of is because yes, it could be actually right. continuing in a different way. We're speaking very coded because we don't want to give yeah. this away. Even though, you, away, even though you can just Google like, and just be like, what just happened in the news? Uh, but I feel like the documentary itself, it ended in like a to be continued, right? Like uh, it felt like there might yeah. be more episodes coming. I can see that too, especially because of the way that it ended and it seems like it could be continuing in a way. This is all coded language, so very not fun if you haven't listened to it, watched it. But if you I, have watched it, you're like, oh yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Exactly. You're like, I know, right, 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 they're right. talking to me. And then and she also <laughs> she also marries uh that uh a grifter of all grifty grifts. <laughs> he was an actor. Uh, he he's was an a, actor. He's, yeah, he's an actor and a grifter. I mean, you can be both. Yeah, they're not. Ex- you, they are two different things. Gwendolyn Shamblin is her name. Gwen Sham Shamblin. That was her mm-hmm. name. And she was married to an actor who played Tarzan on TV. <laughs> that was his big thing. Cool. 
<laughs> well, there that is. Uh, definitely check it out. Again, just when you thought there oh were God. no more cult documentaries, there it are. It gets dark, you guys. If you're watching The Way Down, just, just you know, know it gets Bizarre. Because I saw, I've already feel like I've seen the darkest of the cult documentaries. One that like really stuck with me it was the one about the um, people who. Oh, I forget what the name of this one's called. It's also on HBO Max. They mm. believe in they, the aliens were going to come and take us away. Oh, Heaven's Gate. <sighs> that one Dizark. haunts me. That's Dizark. the darkest one to me. That I mean, is the that darkest one. one. Wild. That I <laughs> name a cult documentary that doesn't get. Wild. I still still think um Fry wild, Fire Festival. That's not a cult documentary. That's just pe- a crazy that's true. party. That's a scammer. I that's think a scammer yeah, that's just a scam. Um, but I think Wild Wild Country is probably one of my favorite ones. I love that one. It's that one's so just good. Just a classic one. And then uh, but yeah, mm. yes. The what's the one? No tears left to cry. No, that's an Ariana Grande song. <laughs> I got no tears left to cry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was playing some sort of virtual event mm-hmm. at work and I was trying to like mm. get people there. It was, it was like Pictionary mm. and I was okay. th- there's something about tears or something and I was trying to get there was not enough gay people or gay adjacent or queer friendly people on my yes. team. They couldn't get it. Yes. Were, it was, the answer was Ariana Grande and they were like, we couldn't get it. What? I'm like, what? Yeah. You have to go basic with people who aren't in. Ooh, you just call all my colleagues basic. <laughs> I'll say it. I said it. Okay. You've got some news for me on. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're okay. talking DC. I feel like I'm getting dangerous waters right now. Well, okay. So the reason that I want to talk about this is because in past episodes, we have talked about Batwoman and the dramas <laughs> of Batwoman and the dramas of the actress Ruby Rose. Which is also hilarious because neither of us have ever seen an episode of Batwoman. No. But boy, are we glued to the ins and outs of Give it to who's me. in it. Who? But you and I definitely got hyped. For, I also always love a female superhero. Got extra mm-hmm. hyped when Ruby... They replaced Batwoman, a black Batwoman. So I'm rooting for everybody right. black. I'm rooting for it. Want it to be good. I think it's going on for its third season, so that's a good sign. Black I mean, woman. We were also, let's not forget the fact that Batwoman was queer too. So oh, we were like right. super excited yes. about that. With Ruby Rose, know? her iteration was gonna yeah. be queer. So we're like, this is yeah. also great. Yes, you're right, you're right. Never mind that I thought that she's a and still think that she's a terrible actress. Aneke is not a fan. <laughs> so that already turned Aneke up. Aneke was cheering from the sidelines. She was like, I love the idea. Yes, Ruby Rose play a queer Batwoman. I'm here for it. But then it was very mm. upsetting because after one season, and y'all know these CW shows, they're going to try to get them to run at least six to 12 years. seasons. <laughs> Sadly, though, for whatever reason, they just canceled. Again, I watched from afar, and I'm just rooting these shows on. But Supergirl yeah, yeah, yeah. got canceled after six seasons. They're like, bye. I mean, you know, like the production Melissa value Benoit. is really high, but the costume <laughs> designs are terrible. I'll just say it. They need better costume designs. And then so they got rid of her what? skirt. <laughs> they don't that got skirt, that. They shouldn't have started with that skirt. That, that skirt turned me off from the beginning. I was like, I'm not watching this little skirty skirt flim flam around. But she wasn't wearing like mask. knee high boots. She had like a skirt and oh, she was wearing boots, wasn't she? Some running shoes. Like what else do you so wear with a little skirt? <laughs> she had a Some cape. Kids. Um, but you're right, because it is, I mean, at the same time, and like, I mean, the CW is doing the best that they can. They don't have that Disney Plus movie money. They don't. They don't. They don't. But you know, The Flash has been on for 12,000 no, years. eight so seasons. It feels <laughs> forever. Eighth season. Uh, but this, you know what it is? You know why? 
because the Air, Arrowverse is what they call it. Because I used to watch both Arrow and The Flash. See, I know that you used to watch I it. I did, but then what happened is it got overwhelming because there were at first it was like, oh my god, they have. Then there's Legends of Tomorrow. There's oh, all these series. Much. And it was like exciting, but then the oh here's the kicker: they all go on for okay. 22 episodes for per season, and that so and much. those plots drag on. And so mm-hmm. and then I was doing Marvel stuff at the time, so I just was like, mm, I have to. I had to watch Agents of Shield for work, so I had to. It's too much. I mean, you had a legit reason. My reason was more petty. I just like the quality of Marvel better. Ooh, and I, I tend okay. to read more Marvel. What's Anyways, the Batwoman so news? We love the drama. Yes. The drama behind Ruby Rose. So she left abruptly and people were mad about it. Yeah. And I wasn't that mad because I was like, she's a bad actress. She probably got fired. And she wouldn't say which way it was. Now, she has come out with an article. And in this article, yes, she has said that she was fired. Oh. But here's the thing. She's fucking burning ground for everything. So she basically said that she had two injuries. She went through emergency surgery for a herniated disc, which doctors told her that she would have been paralyzed. Whoa. She, She said that she had to return 10 days after her surgery. And with, um, the, the TV executive, Peter Roth, she named him and said that after her surgery, he was like, crew are going to lose their job and it's going to cost the studio millions if you don't return. And then after she left, she said that Peter Roth hired a private investigator to trail her after she left the show. And then she said that this is the craziest part. She says that a crew member received third degree burns while on the job and she said that everyone on set had to sit and watch his skin fall off there's no therapy sessions and then right after they had to film a sex scene (laughs) (laughs) you know television goes fast and furious but i said this before this is why the industry is so wild there's not really an hr there's not and 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 it's hard because like yeah i mean on one end unfortunately the way that television works that producer is absolutely right like if she's not there to work all these other Mm. people also aren't working which is why like you know again when you Mm -hmm. don't pay to go watch those movies or you know if you pirate things like right there's so many people who don't get paid or they don't work you know it's why you know um that is some tea, mm-hmm. and I can't fault. No, her. but here's the oh. best tea. Let me tell you the more tea because there's more tea, and I'm just I'm just gonna leave that alone. Lights, but yeah. but Warner Brothers has a response, and it's spicy. Their response is, despite the revisionist history that Ruby Rose is now sharing online, aimed at the producers, the cast and crew, the network and the studio. The truth is that Warner Brothers Television had decided not to exercise its opinion to engage Ruby for a second season. Well, but here's the thing. Who are you going... But to say it's spicy like that? Oh, I mean, (laughs) to me, I'm giving so much side-eye to... Remember, Warner Brothers is still the studio that Ray Fisher still doesn't have a job. Mm. They did all that investigation. They let Joss mm-hmm. Whedon run all kinds of buck wild. And it's a mm-hmm. thing that I'm starting because it also happened on the set. There's an investigation with another actor on the set of Titans. Um, I forget mm. the name of the actor. He's playing the role of Scarecrow. He was a monster to people on set. Um, mm. And there's an, currently an investigation with them. So I don't know. Like, that mm. actually just makes me like, I feel bad for her. Like, 
I, I do. That, I feel way bad for her now. I feel bad about talking shit. Uh, well, I mean, you didn't know it was going on, but that's the thing, Aneka. You never know. Look at you. you You're surrounded know. by books. Don't you always say, don't judge a book by its cover? I judge a book by its acting, <laughs> and hers is bad. Yeah, But I do feel bad about her <laughs> pressures on set. Yes. I mean, also being a, a lead and those high pressures and stuff, that makes sense because who would leave – like that's supposed to be a, a years long contract and it was so right. wild. I give snaps to her because she actually held her tongue for that's was two years ago. That's a long time. They're going yeah, into like season three. And I guess she just, you know, got to the point where again, this industry, it needs to change y'all. There's monsters. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on the mm. set, I have some hot off the presses, Marvel tea gossip. Ooh. It's not gossip. Hot Marvel gossip. So, uh, as we know, I was in L.A. to co-host mm, oh. the Eternals Black Panther, not Black Panthers, Eternals Black Panther carpet. No, but it's about Black I Panther. Mean. <laughs> I was co-hosting. I swear I know what I was co-hosting. I was there. It was all a blur. You did well. You did an excellent job. Go watch the YouTube video of James doing well, it right now. It's really good. Okay. It's not you. long either. You'll enjoy yourself. Yeah, it was actually one of our shorter carpets. It really plays by. I So, mm -hmm. the, I, I'm sure you've seen this. Most all of the Marvel slate has been pushed back. We were supposed mm. to be getting Doctor Strange in March. That's been mm -hmm. pushed back to May. So there's going to be after Spider-Man No Way from No, um, no Way Home. There's going to mm -hmm. be a huge gap. It's supposed to be March would be the next one. The next one's not going to be until May. Everything mm -hmm. has been pushed back. Every movie has been pushed back. Two movies have been taken off of the slate. So everyone mm -hmm. was wondering what happened. Was it COVID? Yeah, what happened? What happened? What happened? Well, as I was hanging out with people who are working deep in the Marvel verse and in the okay. publicity of things, what happened was there was actually an injury on the set of oh shit on the set of Black Panther, and they didn't <sighs> want there to be once these movies are rocking and rolling, they didn't want there to be yeah. a five month gap. That movie was got to be pushed back, so they didn't want there oh. to be a five month gap. So what they did is they just moved everything else back interesting and it didn't like ruin the continuity that's the problem with the universe thing everything's connected mm -hmm. and they feed into the next project so right which is why they're just like well let's just push everything back and so that'll just mean because mm -hmm. they have to keep everything together so that's well you know right, all right. anything that was going to come out oh, with the they, disney plus a whole chunk of it everything got pushed back so that's why if you're seeing so again everything just switched to the next release date so if you look at the release schedule everything was just mm. pushed back so like again thor, thor thor love and thunder was supposed to come out in may so instead dr strange yeah. will be out um come may thor love and thunder oh. will be out in july uh and then black panther will come out in november it's supposed to come out in uh, July of next year mm. and then the Marvels mm. which was supposed to come out in November of next year will then be coming out mm. in uh, February of next year and so on and so forth everything just moved back interesting well I hope the person that got injured is okay mm -hmm. but I think what a great way to like again they're not like you need to get on this there's an yeah. entire <laughs> MCU riding on you they were like you know what let's just push it back it's fine cool we'll move it back done because that's the humane thing to do yeah you're just a, it's a team you're like okay we're gonna you know what we won't have two episodes coming out oh, put a rerun on yeah that was a little wild <laughs> put a little rerun last thing i want to talk about is i didn't realize this because again i was mm. hosting the red carpet blue carpet oh. but sadly this makes me really sad i uh -oh. even though we're on different parts of the aisle again i'm rooting for everybody black and it was really sad okay, to hear that colin powell oh. passed away 
Yes. And he did pass away. I found out I didn't. So here's the really frustrating thing. Hours mm. after he had passed away, Fox mm. News has already taken to their big thing is that, well, see, vaccinations don't work because he was vaccinated and he did sure die of some you know uh complications was he vaccinated he though? was vaccinated colin powell he was a, i know he was immunocompromised so though, he, because he he was back according to this report from the root he was vaccinated um okay. he did pass away from complications of covid but yeah as well the man had like you said he is uh, autoimmune compromise right a multiple mel mel meloma mel mel yeah i'm my cancer cancer a blood can oh yes it's a blood cancer that attacks the immune system. And he was also 84 mm. years old. So like, let's not try to parade around of like this one oh person gosh. and let the man just like, he was, you know, I, I can't believe they were. And he's a Republican. I know. Like how dare yeah. Fox like, it's cause he's black. Then, they don't racism. hundred percent. Exactly. They don't care. You know? They wouldn't have done mm -hmm. this to like, you know, they probably would have done it to Ted Cruz, but it's because nobody likes him. But you know, Look, one of like Ron DeSantis or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just it's just such an in poor taste, and and Don Lemon was just like letting him have it. So good. Mm -hmm. Don Lemon has started to. I feel like he's loosened his collar up these past couple of years. Oh yeah, I think the Trump years were good for him. He yeah yeah. I think I think and I think. Again, always giving space and grace for people. I think he's grown a lot and he's learned a lot yeah. too. I think we've all been through our experiences. Like every person, mm. especially if you, you know, multiple intersectionalities, you have your own journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that he has been going through it and we've been looking at it. Yeah. And, you know, he's still, there's some things that I don't necessarily always agree with him, but, you know, you and I right. don't always agree on things. And but we still love siblings. each other or that thing too. Because I mean, we're siblings, siblings imply love, yeah. right? I don't know. Well, we're closer. We're close friends. Well, to this point where you're family, but we're not Lula Rich family where we'll marry yeah, each no. other. We're neither of each other's persuasion. We're in a production <laughs> and on a, doing a play of some sort. We'll put on. We have enough chemistry to make it work. All right. So when we come back from the break, Aneke will have two options Ooh. of what she would like to hear about. Okay. You can either hear the story of Seneca Village, which was an all-black community that used to be where now Central Park is, oh. or my time on the red carpet. Mm. Uh, so Aneke has at the red carpet of Marvel Studios Eternals. Okay. Aneke's choice. We'll find out after the break. At Liberty, the weekly podcast from the ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties Union, explores the biggest civil rights and civil liberties issues of the day. As part of the ACLU's systemic equality program, many recent conversations focus on how we address America's legacy of racism and systemic discrimination. Recent episodes have include conversations from Kimberly Crenshaw on the true meaning of critical race theory, not what Fox News trying to tell you what it's all about. Don't listen to them. You've also got Nicole Hannah-Jones on how slavery still manifests in every aspect of American life. W. Kemo Bell on race, comedy, parenting, activism, and more. 
Check out other recent conversations about defending our voting rights, fighting abusive policing, safeguarding free speech, and so much more. So definitely check it out. Such a wealth of information there and definitely seems very in line with what we're doing here at Minority Corner. So just continue doing the work. Head on over there. Subscribe to At Liberty on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And we're back. A naked choice. A naked choice. What's she gonna choose? It's a naked choice. Okay, two things that I want to bring up because always my <laughs> choices have to come with a caveat. First yes. thing, describing how the sausage is made. Get out of here. Why you always <laughs> put me on blast? No, but this is gonna put ultimately put myself on blast. Okay. So you have you you. It's Seneca Village, right? But Seneca you have Village, Seneca yes. Falls on there. Yes. So I was almost going to say Seneca Falls because a oh. long, long, long time ago, way back when, when I wanted to be an actress, they were doing a thing <laughs> like an installation at Seneca Falls for like the tribute of the people that were at Seneca Falls. And yeah. the art installation was they filmed a bunch of us dressed up in old timey gear, like bonnets and like <laughs> garb. And then they painted our face like ghosts, like dead people. And they filmed us walking around with lanterns. And then they projected it on the walls. What? Where was this? <laughs> this was like, I had gra- just graduated. So 2006. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, Anyways, I choose Marvel. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, back into the vaults you go. We will learn about I mean, the history of... I love black people. Harlem, we'll get to I it. You, I've I got mean, episodes. Come on. Come on. There's more episodes. Okay. There's more episodes. It's and not like this is the last day. I will be listening. <laughs> Good, because I'm going to quiz you about it the next time you're on the show. Okay. You know Damn. This? You know I love a Quizlet. <laughs> you do. So. No Quizlet this time. No. All right. So <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, I uh, have I hosted the Marvel Studios Eternals Red Carpet, Ooh, Blue Carpet. That. Blue and this was people. Yes. I have some people who are like, how did you get that gig? I'm like, you know nothing about my life uh, in the last like three, four years, but I'll catch you up. How did I Who's get that? Who's asking? Who's asking that? Big new friends. People. Even a guy that, yeah, even a guy no I went on a friends. date with, even a guy I went on a date with, like when I was in New York, he was like, how'd you land that gig? Um, That's an insult, honestly. Because I, I said to him, I was like, that means you have not, if I've, even if I've met you in the last like three years since 2018, I will mention this because yes. it's been a huge. Um, I will mention that I hosted the the, the Black purple, Panther red carpet. Purple carpet. The, yeah, I will mention it. So it's on my resume. It's like my you know biggest claim to fame. Also, no the the hidden thing is, if somebody's saying how'd you get this, you should be like, don't you see the talent? Don't you see who I am? Don't yeah. you see how I am able to pull in these jobs? Like, excuse it, you. Is, and I'm trying to, like, you know, reset my ego, blah, 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 blah. But it is kind of just, like, as if I'm just, like, sitting here doing not Like, you right. don't know my life? Like, right. I work a lot. And I'm do right. out here in these streets doing I'll, the I'll damn thing. I'll promote your ego. You don't got to do it. <laughs> just next time somebody asks you that, just dial me. And then be like, Aneke, this person needs some explaining. And then just put uh, them okay. on, and I'll tell them. 
Yeah, so I've had to let people know, okay, uh, well, this is how, like, yeah, so, uh, actor in Hetzel casting notice did an odd for, this is back for a show that was called Twip, the big Marvel show, which mm -hmm. no longer exists, but it's still on YouTube if you ever want to see our past episodes, it was on mm -hmm. the Marvel uh, YouTube channel. So uh, I was on Thrift the Big Marvel Show, being a correspondent for them. I would, you know, did Comic Con live streams, interviewed the cast of Mar uh, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. We did like uh, a Marvel 10K run. We did all kinds of just sort of like weekly sort of Entertainment Tonight meets Marvel. It was in, good. Like, a ten minute video format. That show got discontinued, but uh, they were going to do something different because the Disney merger had just happened. Uh, and then I they got got tapped through that to do the Black Panther red carpet and everyone's mm -hmm. like he did such an amazing job and then I never heard from them ever again and it was Rude. Been kind of a sad experience because I loved doing this job and this work I, I loved it so much mm -hmm. but I will say thank goddess it didn't take off and I had like quit like my day job because when Pandemia Lovato hit like a lot of those people lost their jobs. Why? Ooh, okay. Why you got to bring that up right when I'm laughing about Pandemi Lovato? I am not cold hearted. I'm not laughing about people losing their jobs. <laughs> so a lot of people were on those shows. They uh, lost their jobs. Um, but you, this is the thing that I will say. You never know what the universe has in store. And if you just keep trucking along and doing yep. your thing, because I ended up, you know, three years later, got a phone call, and you don't burn your bridges. You definitely amazing. don't burn your bridges. Biggest lesson to be learned in any scope for anything. Don't burn your bridges because, and you never know who will be leveling up. So one of the folks who, you know, she, I, she's now a head, like a, a head producer Ooh, okay. doing these red carpets, but she wasn't when I was there like three years mm -hmm. ago. But I just treat everybody with kindness mm -hmm. and, you know, she's making the calls and the shots and she and this other guy who was one of the producers before and they called me up and they're like, Hey, we want you for Eternals red carpet. And you were again, like, yes. Well, I will tell you this. <laughs> I had a lot of anxiety going into mm, this. Mm, I think mm, I've mm. been really dealing with my, the pandemic Anderson has really. Okay, stop it. <laughs> you can't, you keep doing these serious talks. <laughs> Giving you some giggles. Yes. People get so confused because they're really like, Demi Lovato, what is, huh? Like Who? they get Just so confused. Just hop on the boat and enjoy the I ride. know. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> So I, uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of anxiety is like just dancing with anxiety, you yeah. know, and, and what mm -hmm. that dance is like. And I've been out of practice. Yes, I do the podcast weekly, but just mm -hmm. kind of out of practice doing things. I'm not doing stand up comedy. I haven't been doing things mm -hmm. like exercising that muscle of like, mm -hmm. I'm scared, but I'm doing something anyways, you right. know, right. Like, you know, I think people misconstrue it that you even if you're out there doing a lot of things, it doesn't mean that you don't get nervous. You just kind of deal with, do it anyways, you know? Right. I haven't, I haven't been doing any of that. So I had a lot of that going in, but my co-host Tamara, she's done 22 out of the 25 red carpets. She's wild. a fucking all-star. Oh and uh, I also kind of went into it too. Like this isn't my main job or a drive or anything like that. Mm. So it's like, okay, you know, let's just, you know, have fun with it easier yeah. said than done. But it's like, I, I didn't need this. But anyways, all right. Mm. Tea on the carpet. We're going to okay. link it. It's on YouTube, Facebook still. Watch um, it. You can watch it. It's a lot of fun. Can I just ask a... you a bunch of questions? Yes, you can. So okay. this is from, yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay, so I watched 
And I am going to ask you some questions that I feel like weirdos like me would want to know. Okay. Best smelling celebrity. I was not that close. So like, you didn't so get to smell the them? Way, not really. The way that the setup is. <laughs> sorry, this is going to be a letdown. I swear I was there. But the way we are on the stage, just mm-hmm. to set the scene for everybody, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're going to run and go watch it right now. Um, but we're... The, the carpet is this huge. I mean, it's a, you know, Marvel Disney. They, it's a huge production. We're on Hollywood. We're on Hollywood Boulevard, right yeah. outside the Dolby, which is where they do the Oscars. Mm. I got to see the screening for the second. This is my second time getting to see it. Mm. Um, He's seen it multiple uh, times. Uh, but I got to see it in the Dolby. Usually I'm across the street at the captain. Like when we did the Black Panther, I had to go oh. to the captain. Mm-hmm. But they went beautifulness about the cast. So the cast is 10 ensemble. The ensemble it's, cast. It's an ensemble cast. It is absolutely an ensemble cast. But and Lauren Ridloff, who plays Makari, who is the first deaf superhero. Amazing. She also is woman of color. She's half black, half Mexican American. Mm. She just started acting three years ago. Amazing. She was a kindergarten teacher three years ago. I know it's so awesome. And she's just so you know fucking amazing. Plays Makari, fastest woman in the universe. But. They were going to do subtitles in the cat. They couldn't do subtitles in the Dolby, I guess. And so the entire um. cast were like, well, we're going to go watch with Lauren in solidarity. And so they all went to the captain. And so us, you know, non-super celebrities then got to go watch in the Dolby instead, oh. which, is where they, which is where they do the Oscars. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm you in, are they in, do, Wow. I, I didn't put two and two together like that. The Dolby is where they do the Oscars. Yeah. So I'm oh, sitting in that room. Okay. Yeah. Here's so the, that's on the stage, background. I'm not. So Tamara, the way the standing is, mm-hmm. I'm standing on uh, stage right. Tamara's next to me. And when we ask the questions, Tamara... She's, She's the one that closer. brings the camera. She brings the microphone to the to the celebrities, so or the producers. And stuff. I was yeah. just thinking when they walked past you, you would have got a whiff. Okay, so here's the other it's question: out. Who has the warmest presence? Yes, um, it's a, it's a toss up. A lot a lot of them do, and some of them I will say again, not all actors are are extroverts. No, and, so, and I'm not and I'm not yeah, throwing no, shade no, no, no. at people who don't oh, have a warm presence. Not not at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just I think it was very interesting because I think some people we'll get to this interview, but they were like, we'll get to it. Yeah. But one of my favorites was definitely which I was surprised that Kit Harrington. Oh. Uh, he was very interesting because here's the thing about Kit Harrington. Mm-hmm. He's playing Dane Whitman, and that's all he can really say. And so yeah. we, it's so <laughs> funny because he can't really say anything. We also weren't supposed to get him on stage two, or stage one, because we're the main stage, and there was yeah, another stage th- which was stage two. And stage two is supposed to get like you know Patton Oswalt, who's just like walking by, or just yeah. like <laughs> the smaller the because he doesn't have a big part in the movie. He's not really in the movie a, a lot at all. Oh well, they're um, billing him like he's there. No, he's not even on the poster. Um, oh, he, okay. in fact, in the, in fact, the first trailer that came out, I didn't see him. Want they started yeah, he using wasn't him a little bit more. Nope. He wasn't, and keep that in mind. There's a reason why they did that because he ain't in the movie. <laughs> he don't got that uh, many scenes to cut into and so, it. Nope. And so, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, you've probably seen all his moments already. Oh no. Um, he, but anyways, is but he what warm? was so fun is that like he's short. He's shorter than I'm five ten. I think he's like I'm like five ten, five eleven. He's shorter than me. He's like maybe like two, three inches shorter than me. He's like my height, him. five seven. Yeah, yeah. So what was so fun about his interview is that because we couldn't talk about anything, mm-hmm. it was just like he was just like so you're a non-eternal. Uh, you're playing Dane Whitman. Like he's like, yep, just Dane Whitman. I'm like, oh, you have a job? He's like, yep, I work at the museum. Oh, cool. <laughs> what is that? 
that like? And then we made a joke about like, oh, there's all these people cosplaying. I'm like, I think I see someone cosplaying as you, Dane Whitman. It's a guy. Is this is a guy. It's just a guy. He's got a briefcase. Look, how do you feel, Kit Harrington? And so we just kind of like had a lot of fun just like hanging out. And Kumail Nanjiani just commands a stage space. Oh, he I, does. Is he extra beefy in person? Did you notice the beef? We were not allowed to ask questions but about his body. So here's another I thing like too. I like that. I like getting, that. That's he's done ta- space. He, he's done talking about it. You yes. know, it's been. And mind you too, this movie was supposed to come out a year ago. Right. So these actors are also trying to have to get back into the they're zone like, of this. What did I do? <laughs> yes. And so, and they're also doing other things at this point, you know, mm-hmm. too, or maybe even on other Marvel sets right now, shooting different things. Like a winkity wink, wink. In fact, like, yes. And so Kamal Nanjiani comes on the stage. His was my best dress. Cause it was, it was a, a very traditional, was uh, like Pakistan, like, you know, purple. garb. It was, it was purple, which is character Kingo who mm. can shoot, as he says, shit out of his hands. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, he said it much more polite on you the know, live stream. I'm like, that was the most polite way I've heard you say it yet. But I, re- I respond to that. I would probably say something like that if I was, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was a regular person so, way of saying it. He's, yeah. And so I, um, I, so my next question I was going to ask him, cause you can, he gets very emotional because he, you know, he's a, co- he's a comics nerd. He couldn't yeah. even get into Hall H until wow. he was in this movie. Wow. At this is Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't even get to comic, get there. And he, you know, used to perform in like, you know, comic book shops and things like that. And so mm-hmm. he was so interesting because, um, well, I, my next question, and he was just like so emotional about the whole entire experience. My next question I had lined up for him because mm-hmm. he, he was already like, oh, I think I'm going to cry. And I'm like, yes, let's get these tears. And my Aww. next question was going to ask him like, you know, what's been his family's response? Because I know, because when you do the research for these things, yeah, yeah, y'all, yeah. it's like studying for the SATs. Like I, right. thank God as I was off for that, that week, it was like 60 pages of information for me to try to consume in terms of like, for I example, I know random facts. Did you know that Kit Harrington is related to John Harrington who invented the flushable toilet? I did not know that. There you go. Um, I mean, James sent me a picture of his flashcards, and it was intense. It was intense. a lot. And then you also watch them in other interviews, too, because you can also mm-hmm. start to see, like, because one of the main things about this film is honestly just how diverse it is and yeah. wanting to make sure that they were comfortable with talking about it. And when you watch the interviews and how they use the words and language, and it kind of mm-hmm. helps you mm-hmm. as you go in, that, like, Salma Hayek is very adamant that when she thought she got the phone call from Marvel – she thought it was to be someone's mom. Like, and not she, a superhero herself. And she's like in her 50s, superhero, the leader of this fucking team. Amazing. And like this Latina, like she, you know, mm-hmm. and she talks about it. So you then you get comfortable and know as the interviewer that you can go there because they're they're going there. Anyways, about to ask him the question about what was it like when his family found out and he will tell the story that will make him cry because his dad gets so emotional about seeing him. Oh my this, God, you know, I love Seeing it. him and what that means. But we couldn't. I couldn't ask that question because Uh-oh. Angelina Jolie comes crashing on <laughs> for her stage. So, Did you see all her gabillion kids that she brought? Because I saw the I, pictures of that. I didn't see the kids because they, they didn't bring them onto the stage. Scuttled yeah. somewhere. So Angelina Jolie, I, I knew this was going to happen because you have you have a cast of ten. There, it's an ensemble, ten yes. main actors. Yes. And so, in, in, when you do a red carpet at Marvel. 
they're so friendly with each other. They always crash each other's interviews with Marvel. And so yeah. I knew that this was going to happen. Yeah, this, and we're supposed to interview all these producers and Kevin Feige and Chloe Zhao and, on, you know, Nate Moore. Mm. Um, so we didn't I know what to mix them. Salma crash too. I saw her. And that was another one. Yeah. yeah. So Salma Hayek. So we'll get to that crashing <laughs> one. And so, yeah, Angelina Jolie like crashes. And what's so interesting, like, so she was the one going into this that I was probably the most, I wouldn't say nervous, but like, Mm. I, I love her. Like, right. I loved her. I love her as a person. Like, in, right. all everything. And so she she's was the one. She's huge. She's huge. She's just, you know, fucking huge. And mm. I had this moment, and I'm standing up there. I'm like, I'm standing on the stage with Angelina Jolie right now, and I'm not nervous. I had that, like, con- I was like. Excuse like, me. Why weren't you nervous? <laughs> Did she seem, like, more like because a person? She's just, because she she's seems a person. ethereal. She seems like, you know, you see pictures, and you're like, is this, like, a human? But when she came up on stage, were you like, oh, you're a person? I was, but she does stand with this poise mm. um, and that she's, you know, but I was like, oh, she's a person, but she's also more of a sit down. She's a thinker, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And these are really quick beep, bop, boop, bop, beep, bop, beep. You know, these yeah. are really for, it's just like, how'd you like it? Say so to the crowd. Like, it's, Bye. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, that's for like the Salma Hayek, the Camille Nanjiani, like right. that. Cause you got, yeah. it's that quick, she's a thinker. Quippy. She's a direct and she's like a director, you know, she's a thinker. Mm-hmm. She's very. And so when I asked her her question about, you know, you know, Athena, her character, Athena, who can manifest anything she can think of uh, like a handheld weapon. Wow. Um, she's fierce in this movie, too. She's um, OK, so phenomenal. And uh, anyways, she was like, oh, I haven't. I don't. She really. Oh, so she was. <laughs> she's like, I hadn't thought about the. And I uh, she took her a while to like think. <laughs> but I think she also crashed. Uh, Kumail because one he's so fun and energetic that she can kind of latch onto that yeah this is gonna be her Marvel interview I mm-hmm. uh, and it probably and they love it the cast loves they each bonded. other you could tell it's so beautiful that was the theme of the night was family interconnectedness yeah and, and you know and like that's why like again this film mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I, I won't spoil anything but I will say these it's a beautiful film. I know that's, you keep saying that, and it's and like, I never would have thought I would describe an MCU movie as a beautiful film. <laughs> okay, so I do have to say something. So last time you hosted the red carpet, which is wild that I'm saying this, and I love it. I asked you about Black Panther, and I was like, "Give me some clues for some stuff." And you were very cryptic, like you're being cryptic right now. But yeah. I will say, a James cryptic makes sense once you see it. Like, you know how mm-hmm. some people are like, ooh, here's a tidbit. And then you watch and yeah. you're like, what the hell are they talking about? But your cryptic, I know, like, I'll come out and I'll be like, yeah, that was a beautiful film and it will have context, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like, that makes sense. And one thing, too, what I really appreciated, I had, and here's the thing, I connected with the film when I saw on my, like, damn near bootleg version that they sent. <laughs> like, I got a stream copy. Y'all, let James me tell you. When, when you they sent me a streamer it for one 720 it was on 720p so right it, this it looks like a potato it is on 720p the sound is kind of like a like two seconds kind of off right no, that's like a garbage. second or two off and the kicker is my name is watermarked over the entire center of it and it says the date and time it's and then it says like marvel studios at the top watermarked and then it says something else at the bottom like where and there's, can you there's even subtitles. Watch it? Oh, my name was all over Angelina Jolie's face the entire time. But I loved. I really. I. I could feel though the power of the movie, and then getting to see it on the screen, mm. like see this on the biggest screen that you can. Okay. It's and have you seen? 
if you've seen Nomadland, then you know Chloe Zhao's sort of style. And so I had seen it, so I knew what like what her style was, which mm-hmm. was why I was like, I saw Nomadland, I'm like, how is she directing a Marvel movie? Mm-hmm. She brought Chloe Zhao to the MCU, and that is amazing so to get to So it translates? 100%. Because okay. it's like, everyone's like, oh, I want something different. They're so formulaic. Well, you about to get it. And like, <laughs> it is... And I mean that in the best way because it's yeah. the 25th movie. It's time I know, to, they change have to change it up. It. It's getting, and what I yeah. appreciate is they let her do what she does. They mm. shot on actual locations. And so we talked to Chloe oh, Zhao beautiful. and Kevin Feige. I was like, yeah, what was that like? Like you were shooting on, you know, uh, actual locations. They shot in the Canary Islands. Like wow. he was like, I didn't know that you could do that anymore, that we were even doing that since like, you know, the nineties, like, Oh, like, but Chloe yeah. was adamant about it. He would be like, Oh, we can just fix that in green screen. And she's like, no, I'm waiting for the sunset and we're going to wait for the sunset. And that's when we will shoot this one moment. Like gorgeous. And it makes a world of wow. difference. I'm so excited. Cause you, cause you know, when you're watching like Endgame, it's like, okay, that's a, like, they're the big yeah, final green, fight. Yeah. I mean, it's Endgame set, is all green screen and right. I loved it for it, but a hundred percent it will, you, you feel the difference and the score is beautiful. Um, Ramin Jawadi did the score and he did, uh, the first Iron Man. Ooh, look at you coming with your facts. I know. Too he much did his research, you guys. I like <laughs> 60 Chloe's energy. pages. I Wasn't she, she had great? a fun energy. Like she seemed for like a director of like such like thought provoking tone poem things. Yes. She seemed funky and fun. And I like what's that. and what's really amazing about Chloe that same thing is that you don't and she said this because I was like, you know, why is Chloe Zhao doing a Marvel movie? She she says that she's a fan. You know, sometimes they say that they're a fan. Do you, mm. Are they really mm. watch the interview with Chloe Zhao? She was dropping bombs mm-hmm. of like. She was saying things and she's like, yeah, because it's like what Tony says in the beginning of Iron Man. You're like, what? (laughs) And she, I could listen to her talk because the way that she thinks about things is so, Mm -hmm. and this is the best way to describe her, huge and then intimate is Mm. like, and that's what she brings to this movie is that the performances, yes, it's this like cosmic beings, but they're here on earth and it's so grounded and it's Mm. so, it's so intimate. I love it. I love it. Oh, it's so cool. Like, it's just like, Oh, can I tell you some behind the scenes shenanigans? Yes. Okay. So I, uh, when you're doing these red carpets, it mm-hmm. is like you're in the middle of a tornado. And because okay. I've got a producer in my ear and oh, they're right. like, get rid of Angelina Jolie. Get, get rid of Angelina Jolie you- and go to, <laughs> go to a character, go to a character package. And she's talking, How right? And then you've got your producer on it's television, baby. I know, it's live I know. television. I couldn't do it. And then I you've got your it. producer on the side. There's a stage manager who's writing things on a whiteboard that you hopefully will be able to make out and read. And he's telling you what to cut net, what you're cut coming to next. Is it like a person? Is it like cut to talk about the special effects next? Like, and again, you studied everything about this movie. Again, I got 60 pages of information to study up on, right? Wild. Like all this. And then you've got Fans yelling over to the left in the fan oh pen. You've got actors walking by. You're still <laughs> around. Like, it's pandemonium. And then and then all the while, you got to look cool, calm, and collected. And you're interviewing these celebrities and, like, you know, the producers. James, and you did a magical job. Like, you really <laughs> were chill, centered, easygoing, laughing, chucking it up. Like, you didn't seem like there was – you know how sometimes you see, like, hosts on the red carpet and they seem kind of sweaty? Like, they're like, let me talk to you. What do you say? Like, you weren't like that. God, because I, it's, 
okay, I will say this. It has taken me a while to realize that I had fun after it ended. And this is me. I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm. What was so sad. And I said this to my friend, um, because what was nice is like we have to see what other people see in us mm -hmm. you know if we could only see us the way that everybody else sees us and and then sort of like you know be your own best friend mm -hmm. and and see yourself as your best friend would when it ended all i remembered were the three big mistakes that i made isn't that sad that's My sad three big that's mistakes. not uncommon but like i instead of it took me a while to get back to like oh I, yeah i talked to Anton because Lee. i don't remember any mistake honestly. at the very top of the show and this is you're gonna you don't like, even, James, you shouldn't even shut say up. this well i said marvels you're supposed to be eternals we were told originally mm -hmm. it was the movie was called the eternals and they were mm -hmm. like no 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 they can be referred to as the eternals but the movie is not the eternals okay um and i was like marvel studios the eternals and i'm like oh fuck they literally have been That's like, don't like don't the smallest that. and then my producer nobody. was like my producer was like yeah and then you didn't ever say it again like shut up like yes you know, and, and then I called noticed. talking to Leah McHugh, who plays Sprite, who is the youngest superhero ever on the MCU, not in a flashback sequence. Um, he did his research, you guys. <laughs> who plays a character that might look 12, but she's 7,000 plus years old. They love um, doing that. They love making these kids these old people. That's like the favorite Hollywood playing. trope. They're like, let me get this kid and have him act like a grandpa. They do it at Umbrella Academy. It's hilarious. Yes, I know. Oh, God. So I... Uh, we were so, from so the I, sun. Again, when I see on the whiteboard, I see a C. I see, again, my producer's like, all right, you know, get rid of her. We're going to cut to something else. <laughs> do they really can't... say get rid of her? <laughs> they'll say, like, all right, wrap it up. Or they'll oh, okay, say cut. Okay. They did say get rid of Angela, <laughs> Angela Bassett. <laughs> No. I was like, get rid of Angela Bassett. No. <laughs> get rid of Angela Bassett. No. <laughs> um, but they were like, all right, you know, wrap it up with, with, with uh, Leah. And all I saw was CH on the whiteboard. And there's so much going on. Right. And then I like trying to, you know, get rid of her. And I'm like, all right, Chloe, we're going to let you go. And I, I was talking to Leah. But oh. we were just talking about what was her experience like working with Chloe Zhao. I saw CH written on the whiteboard. And that's you know. nothing. That's literally peanuts. <laughs> nothing like that is on the scale of everything else from like an hour and a half of doing live television, talking yes. to these celebrities like, you know. and I've known you for so many years. I could tell you some things that you've said in the past and those are none of the things <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Oh, and you then Selma fine. Hayek, who crashed John Lee. Yeah. She, oh, I have to give you this tidbit. With those Selma nice Hayek. I, I can't stop talking about no, bodies. It's terrible. No, here's the thing. Yes. I am standing, there's someone standing, Tamara's standing to my left. Yes. Then it's Selma Hayek. We were talking to Don Lee. Bless yes. Don Lee. Like he is South Korean actor. He's been in like over a hundred films. Like Amazing. he's finally coming over to the U.S. Love and he it. came up by himself at first. And then Selma Hayek just like comes crashing on and, in. <laughs> I saw that. And like, and the tea on that was that her publicist was making her do the rounds fast. They wanted her to talk to as many people as they could, uh. and so they're like, just just go up there, just go up and crash. That's what we find out like later. Mm. And um, she's like, oh, they told me I was supposed to crash up here. We're like, okay, Selma, who told you that? She's like so you're just fun. not there. I know. Even I, I my eyes just went zoom to her 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 boobs are oh sorry and about her boobs. She's in her fifties. I aspire. And Okay, so my co-host Tamara is standing next to me. Mm. Salma Hayek is standing next to Tamara, and mm. then Don Lee. So mm. when we're asking a question and Don Lee needs to answer, she has to reach over Salma Hayek to Don Lee. And all she felt was Salma Hayek's chest just kept going, 
boom. She's boom. Like- you guys can't see this, but her <laughs> boobs kept like going up towards the mic. And so all over Tamara's arms are just Salma Hayek's boobs. Up and down. You know. And just keeps hitting it. And just the, keeps the hitting blessing. her, her I think boobs. she's blessed now. She's been kissed by angels. You know that Salma Hayek <laughs> used those boobs to breastfeed orphans when she went abroad. She saw oh. when she had her daughter, who she brought on the red carpet. She so this it. is years and years ago. So she had her daughter. She was still, you know, breastfeeding her daughter. And so she was out, like, doing, like, a humanitarian tour. And she saw some hungry babies. Salma Hayek whipped out that boob and fed a baby. Man, doing the work. So I'm telling you, that those makes, are blessed boobs. <laughs> and that makes sense because she plays the matriarch in this film and mm. she has that matriarchal sort of energy. And that's what Kumal mm. was saying. He was like, she's all of our mom. Like, she really takes on, took on that role. So, mm. Last thing, Brian Tyree Henry plays Fastos. Do you Love know anything it. about Fastos? If you p- no. put anything together? Mm-mm. He all was right, in Atlanta. Well, I know that. And I love him in he, Atlanta. He was fabulous, the interview with him. And anyways, there's something about his character that we were not allowed to discuss, even though I think that it's very common knowledge. But if you don't know, then we won't. It was I know a little heartbreaking. Or oh, what? That he's in a gay marriage. Thank you, Aneke. Mm-hmm. I was very fa- upsetting that they <laughs> told us at the last. You could that? How frustrating is that? Like, here's the thing. Disney or Marvel, y'all, who's doing your DEI? And this mm. is what they do sometimes is like, they're like, oh, we just want to like normalize it, not make it a big deal. But it is a big deal. In fact, you're making it seem like it's a secret. Right. And then you're only going to see it if you see the movie, you know, like, and it instead, should, like, mm, 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 mm. It, it should be something that's like celebrated mm-hmm. and put to the forefront. Because Lauren Ridloff, we got to talk to her, you know, what does it mean to be a part of a movie that is, you know, intrinsically part of your values and who you right. are and what you celebrate. And I feel like it was a moment stolen from Brian Tyree Henry. But I guess 100. the T is that the guy who plays his husband blurted it out and that's how it got out there. And then. Oh, but you know what? Yeah. I, they should have just. I guess it is kind of like they're supposed to be these immortal beings and the fact that he's married is also kind of like a thing where you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's a little spicy too, you know? It could yeah. just to be married to a mortal and what does that kind of say? But I don't know. I think it would have been beautiful if they brought that up. Yeah, because again, I'm always thinking about that queer black kid who's watching the stream in mm-hmm. Nebraska and what that means and we get to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, and again, me as a gay black man on stage, mm-hmm. I, I cried. Like there's mm-hmm. a scene... I cried. Anytime I see parents together, like, it's just like, you know, I just, when you yeah. see, because it's just, I didn't get to grow up with that image. And it's a big deal, like a, a gay black superhero. Like, it's a huge Who's deal. Who's a dad? Who's a dad. Like, I get, anytime I see two gay parents together, I, I just cry. I don't know if, like, my adoption clock is ticking. I don't know. Like. <laughs> I mean, there's always a little girl you can hang out with if you I need to. I knew <laughs> that's where your mind was going. You were just I need like, a break. babysitter. I saw that. You were like. Oh, I got a kid for you, oh, babysitter. You get a, you get a misty in your eyes. I'll solve that. <laughs> she cute though. <laughs> Anyways, that was the experience. Definitely, uh, that's that's what it was. So uh, tune James, in, watch the link. Thank you, thank you so much for the background information. Like those of us who never would ever get an experience like this, it's so much fun to kind of hear how the sausage is made, what's going on, what it takes to get into this, and how like. You know, they're so glamorous. So it's nice to see behind the glamour a little bit. So thank you. Yeah. And just know anytime someone's doing like live report, like 
give grace to people doing live television mm. they're doing their best like mm -hmm. it takes a lot it takes it takes a lot it takes a lot of work so that way you know what it is that you're talking about or doing or, or saying or you mm -hmm. know you can you can say to Gemma Chan you know she's playing Cersei and she's like so I was like you said in an interview that this is like a coming of age story for your character but she's 7,000 years old has she come of age yet <laughs> I like that she laughed at that because I thought it was funny. Like, what? what a I know. Funny like, thing to what say. is she? What is she? A preteen? How? Where are we going? Yeah, with this you're age? seven thousand years old. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and and uh, we'll be right back. Bye bye. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford and I'm Christian Weatherford and we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On just the zoo of us, your new favorite animal review podcast. We're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hello, I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news, we got an expose, and all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said, this show isn't well-researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm gonna come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what, come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> All right, my corner. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this corner. I'm jazzed too. I have like, this is, it's been like, it's been a long time coming. Yes. I, I've i missed Minority Corner, and now that I'm back, I'm bringing guns a-blazing. Okay, so I had never heard about this at also, all. Also, you're like, always the one to bring us, like, bet you didn't know about this massacre. This is, I mean, <laughs> this is at least your fourth massacre. But guess what? Whenever I talk about a massacre, guess it what happens? It becomes part of the zeitgeist. There's movies, documentaries. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody knows about Tulsa mm -hmm. now that Aneke did yep. her corner. So get ready for the new massacre that's going to be on your... <laughs> this is sad. But this it's is good. good. People we need, need to know, know this. We didn't know. Need to know. I this do not know. I don't know how to pronounce this massacre. I didn't know about it. I Okay, so this oh. is the problem. I have a hard time pronouncing okay. it, too. So for those of you... Oh, it's um, like a blast from your past. Remember when we used to butcher names all the time? Back here we go. to form. We're going form. back into it. Back to form. Back to mispronouncing things. Back to things. reality. Back to minority <laughs> quarter. <laughs> okay, so this is called the Teletegolo Massacre. Yeah. It's T L A T E L O L C. It's that T L. So that's the hard to part. Let, 
Teleta loco. Teleta loco. Nope. Loco. Teleta loco. Clo. Yeah, Teleta loco massacre. And I'm massacring that name, but thankfully I don't have to say it that often. Just know that we're in Mexico. Okay. Okay, so just to kick it off, just to let you know where we're going with this before we go back in time to explain how we Mm -hmm. got here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ten days before the 1968 Summer Olympics um, were supposed to take place in Mexico City, a um, a massacre mm. happened. And I had no idea. There was hundreds of protesters that were killed and then swept under the rug, and the Olympics happened. And the only thing that we remember about the 1968 Summer Olympics, can you guess what it is, James? The 1968 Summer Olympics? Oh, the Mm -hmm. Black Power uh, fist in the air. Yes, yes. So um, Tommy Smith, the gold medalist, and John Carlos, the the bronze medalist, and the white guy from wherever, he he stood there with them. But those two, they raised their hand in the black glove fist. That's what we know about, like, at San Jose State University. There's a statue for it. But what we don't know is the conflict that was happening in Mexico City 10 days, literally 10 days before this happened. It's crazy. Okay, so how do we get here and how come we like never heard of this Especially a massacre that like I thought we were going back, like super back in time. Like this is 1968. No. This is our parents. Yeah, doing God Mm -hmm. knows what. Well, they were babies. Let's not get into that. But... (laughs) So the Teletacolo massacre was named after this vast housing development where a bunch of student protesters, like, they were planning on different protests. They were meeting there. So this is where the, the massacre happened. Okay, so going back, 1968, like, we all know 1968 for the United States was, like, a Ooh. big deal, right? Like, a lot of unrest. Yeah. Everybody was, you know, everybody was really upset about civil rights in the United States. It's the reason why John Carlos and Tommy Smith raised their fist on the podium. But pretty sure 68 um, Martin Luther King Jr. assassinated Bobby Kennedy assassinated. It was a big year for the United States, but also it was a big year across the mm. world. That's why I get so annoyed when you zoom out because being um, American, I feel like we get very self-centered yeah. and very centralized, but there was so much unrest and student protests that were happening in like France and oh. Germany in Italy, in Argentina, in the Czech, in Czechoslovakia, <clears throat> in Japan. It's kind of like if you were to zoom out of like this period, 2020, there's a lot of unrest that's yes. happening worldwide. Exactly. So it seems like it goes kind of cyclical with the mm-hmm. whole world, but we only focus in on our country's yeah. unrest, right? Okay. So in the 1960s, Mexico, they were like enjoying kind of like a new middle class, like Finally, like more money, the economy was starting to boom and a lot more of the middle class people, they got to send their kids to college for the first time. And because of that, a lot of these kids who were going to college started noticing like, wait a minute, things ain't Mm -hmm. right. You know, like this is a one party country, like a lot of um, inequalities were happening. Like this is messed up and we need to change the government, right? So tension started to build. It was bubbling up. So July 23rd, um, 1968. So this is, we're fast forwarding like a few months. Yeah. Okay. Because the Olympics happened in October. So we're in July 23rd right now, 1968. A street fight happened between high school students after a football game. So it was just kind of like, you know, a skirmish, like 
angry students yeah. or whatever. But then, like, riot police showed Ooh. up, which is what's going on. That's, like, way too yeah. brutal, yeah. right? So the students were like, what the hell? Why, why are you, like, doing mm-hmm. this to us? And then hours of conflict happened between the students, high school students, and the riot police. And then the army Wait, was called. Wait, what? After a high school yeah. football? I'm assuming it's like what we call soccer football. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, still, even mm-hmm. even so, it doesn't matter what the sport is. But like after a high school sporting it's thing, like- the you said military? Yeah, army was called in after the riot police were battling against these students for okay, hours. Okay, so the riot police came in and then the army. So this is like several. Mm-hmm. These students were going at it. Yeah, they were really putting in the work. Like, tensions were high. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, tensions were crazy high. And because the army was called in and that, like, ended it, people were pissed. Mm. This, like, really kind of outlined the inequalities that were happening and the escalation to, like, use of Mm -hmm. force and all of this stuff. And, And so basically street battles and marches and protests happened for the next three days. So National University was is the university that's connected to the prep school where a lot of the high school students that were involved in the first conflict were mm-hmm. tied to. So National University and the officials of National University got really involved. They're like out there in the street protesting with the students. The college students that went to National University got really, really into it and started organizing. And then it turned into a giant three days later, giant, giant, big march protests where, like, army came in and they were just fighting, riot, riot, riot. And it culminated with the army using a bazooka. Wait, what? This is escalating. (laughs) A bazooka? A bazooka to blow down an 18th century door at the National um, Preparatory School where the students were hiding. I feel From like the a bazooka is, one, not a great weapon. I don't think it should exist, but it does. Two, no. you don't yes. use it on your own citizens. Definitely not students. Right. right. And they killed well, many of not, them. That's what bazookas do. I know. It's a, it's a bazooka. <laughs> oh, we're just yeah. using this to open the door. It's a fucking bazooka. Right? It's crazy. I can't even believe... When I read Bazooka, I was like, what the hell? And we're not even at the conflict oh, yet. Oh, what? You know? No. Really? This is just the foreplay. This is the foreplay. This is... Okay. So people are really angry now. <laughs> people are upset. Uh, understandably. Understandably yes. so. And so it spreads outside of where the um, National University of Mexico to all of Mexico. Now there's protests everywhere. Um, the the head of the National University of Mexico, Javier Barra Serra, he was like joining with this new movement. It turns into a movement. And then they have a march on August 1st, which is huge. It's like this giant, giant march. They're marching in the street. They're protesting. And then this is where they formulate their Mm -hmm. demands. So the student organizers, they formulate their demands for basic liberties and rights. They want free speech, a halt to state violence, accountability for police and military abuses, the release of political prisoners, and the beginning of dialogue with the government. Yeah, that is fair. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just like, so that 
basically was stated at this huge march that happened in the central square of Mexico City, okay? Now, this march was so huge that it got the attention of the president of Mexico. And he stated, um, after this huge, giant protest, he goes, no more unrest will be tolerated. (laughs) Yeah. And the army seized control oh, of the national university. That's what he means. He's like, oh yeah, we're not mm-hmm. doing any more of this unrest because you won't be able to be unrestful. Not like yeah. we're gonna give into your so, demands or or because that would no, also end. We're gonna that would also it. help to end the unrest. Um, one would think dialogue, listening to their pretty simple, easygoing mm. demands. I would think. And so during his annual state speech, the president, Mr. Diaz Ordaz, he said, everything has a limit and we can no longer allow the legal order to be irrevocably broken. And then he issued an ultimatum and he said that totality of the permanent, um, he would use the totality of the armed forces to return order. Damn, and it's just from some students who just wanted like a little bit of rights. I will say this, like, as bewild mm-hmm. as our country is, I don't see mm-hmm. an equivalent of this. I don't remember bazookas. I mean, in the last, like... I mean... In the last, like, since 19... Around this time period, I guess. Like, uh, last... I mean, hold on to your oh, butt. Hold on okay. to your butt. Because now we're at the massacre. This is wild to me. Okay. So, after the president basically said that he's like, we're going to use armed forces to squash this... The student organizers were like, fuck this. We need to keep this going. We need to make sure that our voices are heard because this is ridiculous. So they're like, okay, so the Olympics are going to be coming to Mexico City. Let's wait to do some a protest before so international um, journalists can see what's happening here. Right? Mm-hmm. So they have a planning meeting on October 2nd in 1968. And they gather at Three Cultures Square at the Toletacolo housing complex. Mm-hmm. And about 10,000 students showed up to this planning meeting. And along with the students were neighbors, residents, children, everybody, because everybody's outraged yeah. by what's going on. So they come to the meeting, and um, the, the leaders of the movement, they're at a third-story apartment window speaking to everybody in the, in yeah. the square. They get really so. Then two helicopters show mm. up, five thousand police officers and two hundred tanks Whoa, surround the plaza. That seems again, everything that they pulled out always seems excessive. Very excessive. To the protesters, I mean, to their credit, they don't back down. They're chanting um, basically, "No queremos Olympia." Padres, Cuermos, Revolucion. We don't want the Olympics. We want revolution. And then all hell breaks loose. So different accounts. So the first shot, the government said that they blamed it on communists who infiltrated the protesters. But if you do a little bit of research, you notice that the president of of Mexico was a close ally with the United States during the Cold Mm -hmm. War. So clearly he's going to blame communists for everything. Oh, it's a scapegoat. I mean, this sounds like when you just try to blame Mm -hmm. like Antifa or something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's the 1960s Antifa, basically. 
And the protesters, who I believe, and also it's been collaborated by international journalists, said that there were snipers that were strategically taking Whoa. people out. And this is, and yeah. and just to get the timeline in my head, because it's you know this is this is a lot. This is all happening mm-hmm. before the Olympics. Ten days. So that's why they're just trying to like brush this out but do they think that no mm-hmm. one's gonna notice and no one's ever talked about this at the 1968 olympics i can't believe people even showed up Did people know about i couldn't it's this would be what, like i mean I'm just trying to think of something like this had happened in tokyo beforehand and like i feel like the olympics would not have happened right. it would have been like people pulling out we'd be like pull it out no 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 this is nuts Okay, so chaos basically happened for two hours. Like, the helicopter signaled to the soldiers on the ground to start firing. Tanks were running over people. Police officers were shooting people. A lot of the people, students and and pedestrians and residents and children were unarmed while this is happening. So when it finally ended, dead people were, like, littered all over the squares. And there was hundreds of people that were shoved into oh vans my gosh. and were like disappeared. Yeah, yeah. And so the newspaper, and this is when the spin started happening. The newspaper reported that only four people. I had doubt. Died. I doubt that. That no. But there, it's more believed that three hundred yes, people that died. Yes, based on the artillery that you said was there, that makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense. That's really creepy. And again. It creepy doesn't begin to sum mm-hmm. it up, but it kind of. I this country is not perfect, but I like we. I have not witnessed anything like this. You know, like it's of this. I know, level. but at the same time, you don't. I mean, the way that we were oh, going with the insurrection yeah. and Trump yeah, and stuff. It could have like, definitely so, with like a Trump. This 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 president sounds a very like very Trumpy, where like mm-hmm. you know wielding that power in that way and against like unrest mm-hmm. and and things like that. You can see. It, it's a slippery slope. It's wild. Okay, so one of the leaders of the movement, this guy, Guaravara Nibla, Nibla, he was arrested, and then he was tortured, and then he was imprisoned for 31 mm. months. It's crazy. And then the Olympics happened like it never occurred. Yeah. And then it took until 50 years. So 2018, 50 years after this happened, Finally, the Mexican government recognized it as a massacre. And the only reason that this started was in 2000, like some documents were released and people started reading about it and hearing about it. I can't even imagine like the poor, a lot of people, it seems like there was like like thousands of people who were there. And I can't even imagine how do you continue being in a country that did this to you and your family, you know? I mean, you're scared and you're yeah. stuck, and so you just keep moving on. And it, I mean, what a message that definitely sends to people to mm-hmm. um, don't speak up, don't speak out. And because they won, it's they wild. absolutely won because they swept it out. The Olympics mm-hmm. happened, and no one talked about it. I had no idea this happened, and this is like a legit thing. Like this is something that this is not a conspiracy right. theory. Like this is an actual. And event. usually, things of this magnitude you hear about i mean this is totalitarianism right here like again yes. like, you know i remember you know the image of that man standing up against the tank and what was that uh tiananmen mm-hmm. square tiananmen yeah. square yeah I mean, that's an iconic mm-hmm. moment and it seems like this too is an 
is the same, same thing. thing and that this should be sort of looked at and talked about of, of like a worldwide thing of like standing up for democracy and, and what happens when governments get way too out of control. And you know what? There's a reason that we know about Tiananmen Square and we don't know about this either, because let's look at the inside track, like the inside information. The president was an ally of the United against States. Communism. Against communism. Against communism. And Tiananmen Square so, was standing up against communism, correct? Ex- well, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. So that's why yeah. we know about it, because China Cause is con- Right, you, know, you want to paint that, that brush and that image, mm-hmm. right? Wow. So they're not going to, American, you know, government is not going to promote an image of people standing up against one of their allies. Especially like one that is a a democracy, quote unquote. This does not Mm -hmm. sound like a democracy, but one that is on on that side. And that's a lot of what the students were protesting against because a one party country is not Mm -hmm. a democracy. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. So little quickie corner little bit of information but go research this find out and then really like look at the inner workings of why we didn't know it like james you were asking the right questions like why did we not know this why was this not out there but other like massacres were you know it's because of the different agendas that governments have and the allyship that different governments have with each other and, like, the only reason that we were able to know about this was because in 2000 the papers were released because a new regime came into power with Vicente Fox. And that's why it's good for a democracy to have different – and I'm not saying that he's good because that's problems mm-hmm. all around too. But it's still good to have different voices, different point of views, different parties in order to allow perspectives to not be wiped away in full disappearance and murder of civilians by their own yeah. country – to not be known for years and years and yeah. years. It's, it's, I mean, I was shocked to find out about this, but I was excited to bring it to the. To yeah. The you know what? I think this is great because you're continuing the awareness from, you know, we just closed out uh, Latinx Hispanic heritage month on the 15th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like with any heritage celebration, it doesn't have to just stop in that, that 30 day period. And so, keeping that keeping that going so wow thank you for that Mm -hmm. and two latina equal pay day is on the 21st of october Mm. so just to pay the money as famously latina me oh yeah well did you know that i am a 2.5 percent mesoamerican look at us (laughs) world children that's Children That's like the Aztecs or like uh, Mayan right there for you. Then you should be able to pronounce the, the Get out name. of here. Coming after <laughs> me and my peoples. It's been traumatized <laughs> out of me. Uh, but to close Ooh. the see, to close the loop on the Latina yeah. Equal Pay Day, Latinas tip, uh, typically earn only 50 cents for every dollar earned by white non-Hispanic men and must work nearly 23 months to earn what a white men earn in 12 months. So... Essentially, mm. at this point, uh, they will have like equal if they've worked at this point. I think that's why it's on this on the state in particular. So mm, that's crazy. Pay. I mean, oh, I mean it, yeah. So I mean, come on. People deserve a livable wage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Aneke, mm-hmm. thank you for bringing us this information. Uh, You're welcome. She's got the books. She's got the looks. 
Well, that is the episode so much. And don't forget, if you have not seen the Eternals red carpet premiere, highly recommend y'all should watch it. It is, uh, we'll link it in the show notes, but you can also just go to the Marvel Entertainment YouTube channel and watch the full version of it there. You can skip around to the interviews that you want to see. Really cool. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed it and uh, see me talk to the cast. It's really great. A little bit of a fact check. The uh, Lula Rich uh, was the founders who are in the documentary. It's Deanne and Mark Stedham. And it's so wild. I mean, in the documentary, we didn't talk about, but they really want, like, yeah, the women start the business, but in the end, their role is to, like, support the man and let the man, like, lead the charge. It is. And we are closing out Block Party. Did you all enjoy the bonus episode with myself? and Janet Varney from the JV Club, and Renee Colvert from Can I Pet Your Dog. It's been a great time getting the band back together, hanging out with folks across Maximum Fun. I hope, you, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, black party that's been going down the past two weeks and seeing some amazing cross-collaborations with folks from across the network. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. What a week. Uh... Yeah, what a week. That's what I'll just say. What a week. It's been a, been a lot. A Mr. Toad's wild ride. I'm so grateful that you all are here with us on this ride. That's going to do it. Big thanks to Sarah Brown, our editor and producer. Lori Fowler, our production coordinator. And thank you to all of our listeners out there and our Maximum Fund members because we can't do the show without you. And thank y'all for listening to Minority Corner because together we're the Say Together Majority. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.